The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus began speaking in the synagogue, saying, Today this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke highly of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They also asked, Isn't this the son of Joseph? Jesus said to them, Surely you will quote me this proverb, Physician, cure yourself, and say, Do here in your native place the things that we heard were done in Capernaum. And Jesus said, Amen, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own native place. Indeed, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the sky was closed for three and a half years, and a severe famine spread over the entire land. It was to none of these that Elijah was sent, but only to a widow in Zarephath in the land of Sidon. Again, there were many lepers in Israel during the time of Elisha the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. When the people in the synagogue heard this, they were filled with fury. They rose up, drove him out of the town, and led him to the brow of the hill in which their town had been built to hurl him down headlong. But Jesus passed through the midst of them and went away. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to It's complicated. That's what people nowadays say when they get asked about a relationship and the relationship has kind of gone screwy and they don't know what to say and it's just easier not to go into the details and so they say, well, it's complicated. Jesus' relationship to his hometown of Nazareth, you have to say, if you want to use the short form, it was complicated too. Now, Nazareth is obviously Jesus' hometown, and it's a small little place. You know, so everybody there is, you know, a cousin or a first cousin or a second cousin or an aunt or an uncle or some kind of relative to him. And so Jesus, you know, grew up in their midst. They all loved the little guy when he was a little cute little kid, and they called him Chewy or Chuchi or something like that. And they would, would um, you know, he was just Joseph and Mary's little guy. And then he, he goes away, you know, he's got a craft, he's got a workshop, and he leaves it all behind. And he goes out of the desert to follow John, and he pays attention to John's teaching, and eventually he's baptized in the River Jordan, and has a wonderful experience of the Spirit coming down upon him, goes out in the desert, has that other terrible experience of the temptations. And then he begins his ministry, and word begins to spread that he is a great speaker. He's a great teacher. He really knows how to preach. He's a real prophet in their midst. Maybe even more, the stories of his miracles, of his healings, begin to spread. And they reach all the way back to Nazareth. So Jesus, as we found out last week, goes home. He goes to the synagogue on the Sabbath, and he is asked to offer some 
reflections on the scriptures, just as we do today. He reads from Isaiah, and he says, This day these scriptures are fulfilled in your midst. And, and at that point, everything is fine. He's given his little sermon, and everybody's happy, and they say, Boy, this Jesus, he really does know how to preach well. But, but they're waiting for more. You know, he finishes his little homily, and then they're kind of sitting there tapping their fingers and waiting. You know, um, Jesus, is that it? You're just going to talk to us? And Jesus says, well, what more do you want? I know what you want. You want a show. You want some miracles, don't you? You want me to do stuff to entertain you and to say, hey, aren't we great that Jesus is our, our hometown boy, and boy, look what he can do. And we've got sick people here. Heal them, Jesus. You know, there's the leper over there and the blind guy over here and the paralyzed guy there. Do for us what you did the people in Capernaum. The problem is, they aren't really hearing what Jesus just said. They're, they're not understanding who he is now. They still look at him as if he's, he's their little boy from, from growing up years, who's made good, who can put on a show, who can do, you know, Galilee's Got Talent, and, and, and be spectacular. They want to see him do something cool. They want to see him, you know, heal and walk on water and do all those fun things that, that make us feel proud of this little guy, Jesus. You know, our hometown boy made good. And at this point, you know, everything's going pretty good. But it goes downhill really, really fast when Jesus refuses. When he says, no, I'm not going to do that stuff for you. Your hearts aren't in the right place, my friends. My brothers, my sisters, my cousins. You know, you're looking at me for something that, that is a spectacle for you. But my healings are not spectacles. My healings are acts of love, as we talked about last week. And so Jesus refuses what they want most. He refuses to give them the show that they want. And he makes it even worse for them because then he says, you know, in the scriptures, the prophets have never been accepted and understood in their own place. They've always found rejection among their own people. And so often in the scriptures, as you know, you know, Elijah and Elisha, <coughs> they go out away. They save their healings and their gifts and their graces for the people who are not even of Israel because the Israels are so, Israelites are so darn hard-hearted. So they go away to the people who receive them with gratitude and who understand that God has touched them in a deep and profound way. So what they're hearing, what the people are hearing is Jesus saying, those people over there, the Syrians, and the outsiders and the pagans are worthy of my attention and my love and my healing grace, but you're not. And that's what makes them so angry, Jesus. He's not only refusing to do there what he's done in Capernaum or other places, far more importantly, he's telling them, you know, your hearts are not in the right place. He's being a prophet to them. 
And he's saying, your hearts are not in the right place. And it's easier for me, it's more gracious for me to go outside of my hometown, to go back to Capernaum, to go beyond Capernaum, to go beyond Israel, to do these gifts, these gifts of healing and grace for others. Why? Because they speak simply. Because they already understand that, that it's a simple relationship with me. It's a simple relationship of trust and faith and understanding who I am now. Not a star, but one who loves with all his heart and all his soul and all his mind. Especially the, the outsider, especially the broken, especially the sick. Well, this infuriates these people. <laughs> these people being his own family his cousins, his neighbors, the people that he's grown up with. And as, as the story unfolds, it really gets wild because they grab Jesus and they take him and they want to throw him over the cliff. You know, their fury at him is so that he, that he hasn't done what they wanted him to do. It's so deep and so powerful that they're willing to take him by force and to lead him to the edge of the city and, and, and you can see, if you go to Nazareth today, you can see exactly where this happened because there's a big drop-off there. It's a big cliff. And that's where their sewage would have been thrown. That's where their garbage would have been thrown. So it's not just throwing Jesus over a cliff, it's treating him like garbage in his own town. <laughs> and someone must have said, stop. Somehow or other, they lost their fury. They lost their grip on him. Maybe, who knows, maybe it was Mary who said, you know, throw him over the cliff, then you throw me too. That's my son there. Maybe that's what happened. Who knows? But they let go of Jesus and off he walks. Certainly shaken by the experience because as the gospel says, he went away. There's no indication that Jesus ever goes back to Nazareth. He left them behind because they did not have the simple faith, the simple relationship that others do have. When they say, Lord, Jesus, you know, um, I, I believe, help my unbelief. Lord, I know you can heal me if you will. Lord, give me your grace, your pardon, your life, your love. That kind of faith, that's what Jesus is looking for. That's what Jesus wants from his own people, and he doesn't get it. And it's a tragedy in his life. Must have hurt terribly to have found himself on the edge of that cliff at the hands of his own people. He walks away never to return. Complicated relationship indeed. And it's a reminder to us that our relationship to Jesus should be a simple one, not complicated, simple. It should be the relationship of someone who simply says, Lord Jesus, I know you can touch me. I know you are here. I know you love me. I accept whatever grace you give me. It's, it's that kind of simple, loving, faithful, humble relationship with Jesus 
that the example of the Nazarenes shows us is what's really important to him. And so in our own efforts to grow in the love of Jesus, to follow him faithfully, to be his people, his new people, his new family, his new pueblo, his new town, his new church. Simplicity, not complication, is what's asked of us too. To make our prayers so simple and foundational and fundamental that it's simply, 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 Jesus, you are my brother, you are my Lord. Christ, you are my Lord, you are my God. Not complicated at all. Simple, humble, faithful.